0: So I have a highly recommended company that sponsors this show called Gummy Cube, and they have big data analytics from the app stores. It's actually called Data Cube, And what they're doing is they're using real mobile data for their app store optimization and their mobile marketing to help their clients. So Gummy Cube can help you uh, find the right data that helps you increase your downloads. I mean, that's pretty relevant, right? So I highly recommend just go and check them out. Go to www.gummycube.com. Dot com That's www.gummiqube.com. And I want to thank Gummy Cube because they've just been so great in continuing to support this show. Let me thank my wonderful sponsor, Apptentive. Now, Apptentive do help you with reviews. Here is uh, someone who is using them. They are called All Recipes, and here's their quote apptentive helped us improve the quality of our product by looking through trending reactions in our community which helps us make decisions about our product and business based upon the data we pull from the tool so they are falling in love with apptentive you can find out now what it's all about get a free consultation by going to www.apptentive.com forward slash app guy that's apptentive.com forward slash guy thank you very much to apptentive for being so great
1: Hi, this is Matt Watson, and I'm the founder and CEO of Stackify. And we are listening today to the App Guy podcast.
0: The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. Uh, We love to talk about um, interesting. Kickstarter campaigns on this show. We've had a number of uh, different Kickstarters. In fact, we had a Kickstarter that raised a lot of money uh, that I was involved with uh, called Hydrate. And uh, I, it's a small world because um, this uh, entrepreneur I'm about to introduce knows uh, the people at Hydrate and uh, also has uh, himself got a very successful Kickstarter that's currently going on. And in fact, you um, if you go to the show notes, uh, episode 346, and check out um, the link there. You'll see the uh, link to the Kickstarter. And there's uh, still uh, the time this is released, a few days left to uh, go and pledge. I recommend you go and do that straight away. So uh, let me introduce uh, Ilya Tabak. And he is the founder of uh, Edge Up Sports. He's in Kansas. And uh, he's just currently, as we record this, raised 47000 uh, way over his goal, uh, on Kickstarter for um, a football, fantasy football. Um, and... Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about that, Ilya. Welcome to the App Guy Podcast. Thanks, Paul. Uh, so, uh, well, first of all, your your video on Kickstarter is uh, incredibly um, fantastic, and uh, I wondered how much effort it took to create the video.
1: You know, it was uh, it was something that we did that was a lot of fun. And one of the things that we're doing at Edge Up Sports is we're trying to have kind of a good time helping people make fantasy football fun again, uh, and so we actually worked with. Uh, a couple very creative uh, filmmakers here in Kansas City uh, and actually put together kind of a two-day shoot with uh, a couple different locations and so it was actually quite a bit of effort but uh, it was also a lot of fun for the team because we actually took you know kind of a half day to make the continuous shot uh, and then there was another whole day almost of kind of production around it and so it's almost like making a short film Uh, and so it it was a lot of effort uh, and kind of a lot of coordination and if you look in kind of the background of the scene uh, where it's kind of one shot continuously kind of in the middle of the video, it was also a lot of people's kind of first time on video. But it, it was great. <laughs> yeah. It was great. I'm
0: amazed you actually got it. Uh, I mean, I would have been cracking out with the uh, all the stuff that's going on around you, but the, you know, everyone could read their scripts and it, it felt like uh, it may have been in the first take.
1: Uh, it, it was definitely not in the first take. I actually woke <laughs> up the next day uh, and I got tackled about 20, 25 times that day. And I was like... <laughs> why is my side sore? And then I'm like, Oh, right. <laughs> I spent half the day diving, you know, the previous day. So it was actually it was a lot of fun. But it was a good, good kind of break for the team to get out of the office and go do something different. Yeah, and, uh, and So it was and, a lot of fun. So
0: videos are really, as you know, then obviously very important to the whole success of a campaign. And, and I'm guessing you'd recommend anyone else who wants to repeat your success starts with a good video.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's really important to kind of communicate who you are as a group of people or as a team or as a company or whatever. Um, and, you know, we like to have fun and kind of in- are enjoying what we're doing. And so we wanted to really communicate that cleanly. And I think that's not, not just a good video, but a video that really engages um, your audience and kind of the folks that are interested in what you're doing around, you know, specifically what, what the team is about and what you're-, what you're up to. And I think as, as long as you can kind of communicate that cleanly, it's really helpful.
0: So I'm guessing, Elia, that um, that you're running a, a company then, Edge Up Sports, and you, w- why did you decide to go down the Kickstarter route? Was it for the funding or, or was it more to do market validation? Perhaps you can give us some rationale on wh- why you decided uh, Kickstarter would be the platform for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. So, you know, at Edge Up Sports, we're really about making the ultimate fantasy football experience across, you know, kind of a person's holistic fantasy football life. Um, and in order to do that, we really have to have like a really engaged audience. And we really call them the founding user team in order to continue to enhance with and make sure that we're really creating an experience with and for somebody. Uh, and we thought that Kickstarter would offer us like a really clean way to tell that story uh, and find folks that were a little bit more tech forward, a little bit more engaged. And I think we've uh, you know found that. I think right now we have something like Eleven 1, hundred and forty some backers, uh, and, and those folks have already been commenting and communicating. And that was kind of our first goal: was to build a really strong founding user team uh, that allowed us to um, make sure that we're talking and building with an engaged audience. And then, secondarily, you know, get some resources to be sure that we can have a conversation with you know more than a thousand people as we build uh, and. and are able to engage them in a more effective way, and so that's helpful as well.
0: Yeah, so I'm guessing a lot of the communication then is vital as you're going along through the Kickstarter campaign. Uh, yeah, uh, did you get any help with the uh, the uh, creating the the um, new is a newsletter or um, some messages that you have to send to the pledges as you ca- continue the campaign?
1: So we didn't get any help there. That's actually been uh, you know I, I had talked to a couple other folks that had done Kickstarters and generally that were. You know, uh, launching and getting ready to launch products and they had all kind of given me a heads up that hey there's going to be a lot of communication and things like that um, but I think it's super important to actually um, be in touch yourself kind of driving that conversation uh, and so you know a couple of folks on my team and I have uh, taken some time to make sure that we're being very responsive and then kind of asking questions doing survey type stuff to to make sure that we're uh, engage in a conversation. And so we haven't gotten any outside help, but we've had to definitely focus some additional attention that, you know, we, we had expected, but it maybe it's a little bit more than uh, we thought it would be initially. Um, but it's been great.
0: You know, it's probably a good idea to just remind people listening to this what what, what it is that we're actually talking about. And, uh, you know, I do recommend everyone should go and actually watch your video. But uh, perhaps you can just uh, elaborate then on Uh, what uh, the fantasy football um, It's for the National Football League in the U.S., isn't it? So what is it you're doing?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, we've built and are going to launch at the end of the Kickstarter a uh, platform that helps with fantasy football analytics uh, and specifically targeted at the National Football League in the U.S., the NFL, Um, so American football. Uh, But the idea is that uh, when teams compete against each other. Uh, There's statistics that are generated by the various players. So whether it's a quarterback or a running back, uh, as the plays happen on the field, there's passes, there's touchdowns, there's yards. So there is um, kind of things that each player does. What fantasy football is, is that a a person, a fantasy football manager, let's say, Paul, if you had your own team or myself, um, we would select individual players from the league and put them on our fantasy team. And then as they perform uh, different things, like they gain yards or they throw passes or you know rush for touchdowns, we get certain amount of points for uh, each of those uh, activities. And so the, the typical league, and there's a lot of different ways to play this, but the traditional league uh, pits two people um, in a league, so two teams uh, of virtual players or virtual teams of players against each other Uh, And then whoever gets the most points that week gets a win. And then at the end, toward the end of the season, the person with the most wins goes into a playoff situation and that's how you win your fantasy football league. Uh, What we've built is we built an analytics platform that takes a lot of the data points around the NFL. So what is the matchup for my running back this week? Um, How has he traditionally performed against that defense? Uh, Is he playing on turf, inside, outside? Uh, what are all the news analysts saying about him? Uh Are they being positive? Are they being negative? Um, and, and what is the trajectory of that sentiment over time? So organizing all of these disconnected pieces of information in a really clean mobile-first experience that uh, gives you insights very quickly in a visually-rich way. So you can take a look uh, at your phone, or if at your desktop there's some web components as well, and see how's my roster doing, and be able to research players Uh, But do it very, very quickly and do it in a way uh, where you can kind of see what is going on without actually having to read and dig into stuff. And so people are spending anywhere between two to, in some cases, more than eight hours a week getting ready to play their fantasy football um, matchup, right? And so there's games on Thursday, Sunday, Monday, uh, and they're taking in all the information out there organizing it and trying to put the most competitive team on the field. And we're really looking to make that experience much easier, more fun, uh, and allow them to spend their time doing what they enjoy, like maybe bantering with their friends or, um, you know, doing some of the other things that actually make fantasy football fun in the first place. And so that's what Edge Up Sports is, is a platform to really clean up that experience.
0: And I love the fact that you said mobile first there. And and do you actually have an app that's running right now? Or is that what the funds are for, to create an app?
1: Now, the, so the funds are really to make sure that we can help and can build with the uh, team of users that we take in. Uh, the, the way that we've done the mobile uh, experience is we've actually built a web app, uh, and then we're running or wrapping that web app uh, in a, a Cordova wrapper. And so it's a, it's a way to encapsulate that web application and make it available as an app. Uh, and so there will be uh, an Android and an iOS app, but it's based around the web code base. Um, and so that allows us to kind of keep one, uh, one code base and all this other kind of stuff. But um, it then allows uh, the experience to be, even if you do it through your web browser, just to be very responsive and very usable on the go because that's where a lot of these conversations happen. You hear a piece of news or you have five minutes in between meetings or you know, you're hanging out and you just want to see how your team is doing, you can pull your phone out check it out and kind of, you know, do it very quickly in minutes, as opposed to having to sit down and take special time
0: out. Uh, And a lot of the people listening to this are uh, app developers or app entrepreneurs or working on uh, sort of side projects. And uh, I wondered if you've learned anything from how you're getting downloads uh, of the native apps for iOS and for um, in the Google Play Store. And, sure. Uh, yeah, maybe you can share some of your experience there, Elias.
1: Yeah. And for us, it's uh, really more about um, getting kind of attention and focus on the overall platform and then going to pick up the app as part of an already engaged experience, right? And so we we haven't leaned on kind of organic app discovery uh, as of yet. Uh, we've, we've kind of gone more for, um, you play fantasy football, uh, you're pretty tech forward. Your life is already automated. You know why isn't fantasy football easier, cleaner, and uh, a better experience? And, and so, through kind of, w- we focused on connecting with uh, the folks that we've attracted both to the campaign and just generally to Edge Up Sports through that message. And we haven't really looked at um, specifically how to maximize downloads in the App Store. Um, although, you know, having football and fantasy football around kind of August and early September is super helpful. We just haven't uh, jumped into that yet. Um, But uh, that's gonna be a big question. I'll probably be listening to subsequent uh, podcasts of yours to hear what (laughs) other people say on that one, because that's always, you know, kind of organic app discovery is is a hard problem. uh, And I can definitely sympathize with the folks that uh, that's kind of their main driver for signups. It's, it just hasn't been for us thus far.
0: You know, that's a really interesting point you're making, and I think it's, it's worth noting, is that y- you're actually doing what, I guess, a lot of the other companies Already established brands have already done, you know, eBay, uh, Amazon. Is that you already use these services and you just go to find the app when you know they've got an app, and either that's you know when they have the badge or icon on the website, or you just uh, you just discover it um, by searching for it. But uh, you, you know, you're not you're not there focused on um, being featured by Apple or Google or trying to get organic downloads w- w- without a- a first establishing the brand.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't hurt. Right. I, tomorrow, if uh, <laughs> Apple decided to feature uh, the EdgeUp platform uh, as their featured app, I definitely wouldn't say no. Uh, but that hasn't been our kind of way to reach out to our founding user team and connect with our
0: audience. So let me thank my fantastic sponsor, GummyCube. GummyCube are the world's experts when it comes to app store optimization. Now I want you to think about how hard it is to convert potential users of your app, if they're not even finding you. I mean, app store optimization should be the starting point for any app. And there's no point in having the world's best app if, if no one can actually find you in the app store. So you need to be thinking about app store optimization, which covers keywords, description, screenshots, icon. They will help you with this. They are gathering a lot of data from the app stores and they are enabling App developers to just have their apps discovered by appearing higher up in the app stores both for search and for the charts so to go and check them out go to www.gummycube.com that's www.gummycube.com and i want to thank gummy cube for just continuing to be such an awesome sponsor of this show well thanks for listening to this episode i just want to take a minute to thank our sponsors it's aptentive.com you can go to aptentive.com forward slash app guy that's all lowercase and you can see what's going on. But I've actually got the co-founder on, it's Roby Ganguly, and he is uh, going to help us. If you are an app developer and you're really frustrated with the App Store, you're just getting all your users to vent their anger through the reviews, then Roby can help you out, and I've got Roby on the line. So Roby, how can you help with this awful frustration about users leaving some bad reviews? Yeah,
1: you know, it's funny. The App Store is, is kind of like a wall between most app developers and their customers where people just kind of go vent and leave graffiti on it. So our tools make it really easy to listen to the customer inside the app, to keep them there, to intercept their negative feedback, to reach out before people are upset, find out how they're feeling, and when they're not having a great experience, giving them the tools to talk to you. So you as the app developer can really listen to your customers without having to pay the price of negative app reviews in the app store, without having the problem of trying to chase them down and figure out the why. Using us, you intercept those neg- negative pieces
0: of feedback and you get better ratings and reviews. Well, uh, it's a no-brainer then, so I do think that you should go to aptentive.com forward slash app guy, and uh, I really do thank you, Roby, for sponsoring the show. And there's two more things we do on this show, Ilya, before we say goodbye to you. Uh, one is that um, you know we'd love to learn about any potential uh, tools or useful resources that you may have come across Uh, in your journey with the Kickstarter campaign that you could recommend to us. So you mentioned Cordova you're using, but uh, yeah, stuff like that. Any tools, resources, uh, tips or tricks that you have for uh, uh, us as as we're going through our journeys?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's less about tools and more about you know just engaging with your audience and making sure that you kind of build the campaign. One of the most interesting things that I learned that maybe was a little bit unexpected was just how much... um, upfront stuff there is to do before kind of really jumping into the crowdfunding um, actual campaign, right? Making sure that uh, you have an engaged audience, you have a way to connect with them um, a- and kind of give them a heads up on what's happening and even giving them some opportunities to provide feedback, right? Uh, maybe if you asked me a year ago, I would have said, well, yeah, you just kind of, you know, work on some stuff, get a message, get your prototypes and get kind of uh, your product ready to launch, and then you just launch your campaign. Um, for us, there was probably a month, maybe a month and a half of work involved in actually getting the video ready, getting the story cleanly presented on the actual page, uh, as well as really organizing our contacts and having conversation with uh, those folks. And you know, some of the obvious uh, tools such as Mailchimp, uh, web form signups, things like that, to make that process easier. But but really making sure that you're able to build with connect and you know kind of really develop a responsive audience before your launch is is less of a tool and more of the thing that i I didn't know i should focus on that was very helpful and i'm glad i had people kind of around to chat with uh that pointed that out in time for me
0: oh so you were actually engaging with a lot of your fans and uh, supporters during the creation process of the video and uh, as you were preparing for the kickstarter is that right
1: uh, yeah, we reached out. Well, so we had kind of a, a list of uh, folks that had signed up uh, to stay connected with Edge Up. Uh, we also obviously had kind of a strong community around us here in Kansas City. Um, and generally, uh, we kind of had some discussions on, hey, this is up and coming. We Actually, there's a local uh, pitch event here in Kansas City called Million Cups. Actually, it's I think it's in like... 88 cities now or something like that but it started here in kansas city and so we went in two weeks before the campaign Actually did a pitch about what edge up sports was Um, and so there's a couple um, You know opportunities and a couple things we did before we actually launched the campaign to to have a conversation with you know our our friends folks that were supportive uh, and really get some feedback and uh, the campaign page itself and things like that was uh, out and kind of getting feedback from friends, colleagues, some supporters weeks before we actually hit uh, the launch button. And that was super helpful because the it was really interesting because, you know, when you hear the same comment from six different people, uh, like this is confusing or this is really good, uh, that starts to kind of coalesce and you get a pretty decent feel on what needs work. Um, and you also get kind of, an engaged audience. Once you launch, they're like, "Hey, we helped create that, and so they're your biggest fans." Although I think they would have been our fans anyway. They're great people. Uh, I, I think there's something to be said for that kind of conversation, real conversation back and forth before launching.
0: Yeah, you almost reminded me of uh, another Kickstarter episode we had in the past, where uh, 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 the lady uh, in question actually brought in some of the supporters to help with the creation of the uh, video, and uh, and then you're creating fans uh, that, that say, hey, we were part of this process, this creation process, and they become your biggest supporters. Uh, so it's definitely worth thinking about for anyone listening to this uh, podcast as a, as a way of um, uh, actually uh, helping with the creation process itself. Um, okay, so well, this is a show about apps, Leah. So uh, we, we love talking about apps. And the final thing uh, before we uh, let you go is we'd love to know, you have an iPad there. I'm sure you have a smartphone somewhere. Do you have any apps that you're using, uh, that you could recommend to us, any um, any, any app tips, um, the apps that we may not have come across in the past.
1: Uh, you know, I'm I'm a huge uh, web guy anymore. Most of most of my apps, I really like um, kind of documentary information things. So most of the apps I use most heavily are things like Audible and you know TED and things that make my access to information easier. Um, and and so I have a lot of, I can probably go on ad nauseum about productivity apps, uh, but I find that most of the apps on my iPad and on my phone. So I have an Android and an iPad and a couple other phones uh, sitting around here as I talk to you are all about like calendaring, task management. And so you've probably heard of most of them. I use, you know, Sunrise, Asana Uh, audible, and and they're great in, you know, when I I say to uh, kind of our Kickstarter supporters about your life is automated and things are kind of clean and simple and the experience is awesome, I'm deriving a lot of that from, you know, no friction to being able to schedule, keep track of things, take in information, and that's really the majority of apps that I use in kind of my everyday life.
0: Now, you're, um, you're you're just making me realize that your your episode uh, 346. We've done quite a few of these shows, and I think i um, think that that is the first mention of Audible, which is crazy. I mean, they they uh, sponsor loads of podcasts. They're all over the place, but you're the first uh, guest to mention that awesome app, Audible. So uh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah, If Audible are listening. Hey, why are you not sponsoring my show? <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: well, I think that's a good hook. I think the other thing that they don't advertise is there's actually a playback speed feature. Where you can listen to things in two times speed or faster even, um, and that to me is amazing because I can listen to a book that I would have never attempted in my everyday life uh, and actually get through it in you know a couple days a week, uh, which is incredible. Uh, and so, not to ooze and you know be super excited about Audible too much, but I'm I'm a huge fan of things that you know bring in whether it's uh, reading or kind of looking at uh, information, things that you wouldn't um, otherwise have time to do and make it super easy and clean. And I, I love Audible because of
0: that. And that's why I love this world of technology because look how far we've come. You know, in the world of sports especially, uh, it was all about the information you gleaned from the TV or the newspapers or magazines. And uh, and, and now we just have um, instant stats that you can actually play along with instantly during a game. Uh, it's great. So... Um, it sounds like uh it's gonna you're gonna have a fun ride ahead once you get the um the funding from kickstarter and you uh continue with your uh, journey into um you know helping make fantasy football fun
1: yeah we're really looking forward to it paul
0: so um again people should go and check out episode three four six of the appguide.co for all the links but how best can we reach out and connect with you personally Ilya? what's the best way of getting in touch
1: um, I'm actually good all over the place. Uh, Twitter's probably the easiest um, to, to get in touch. And then, uh, obviously, the edgeupsports.com kind of has a lot of uh, contact info. But uh, probably the easiest way is Twitter. But if you Google Ilya Tabak, I mean, I'm kind of on LinkedIn, on Twitter, all over the place. Twitter's probably the easiest way. So it's at Ilya Tabak um, on Twitter, and I'm pretty fairly responsive. You, you normally will hear back in a day.
0: That's fantastic. Well, thanks very much for sharing your journey on Kickstarter. Thanks for coming on the App Guide podcast and, and all the best uh, with um, what, what uh, you know you have in store for the future. Sounds great. Appreciate it, Paul. I enjoyed the conversation. Just to remind you that this show is sponsored by Gummy Cube. Gummy Cube are a big data company that are collecting data into Data Cube, which is pulling data from the app stores, Google Play and the Apple App Store. So, go and use an app store optimization company that is getting its data from the app stores and not from web searches, which do not relate really to what's going on in the app store. Go and check them out. It's www.gummycube.com. Thank you very much to GummyCube. They're just such a great supporter of this show. So let me remind you that this episode has been sponsored by Apptentive. Now you can go and sign up for a free mobile app consultation by going to apptentive.com forward slash appguy. That's all lowercase, apptentive.com forward slash app guy. All you need to do is complete a form and what they'll do is they will evaluate uh, an overall app experience and information about how Apptentive can increase your app's ratings and reviews. So go to www.apptentive.com forward slash app guy, get that free consultation and thank you Apptentive for supporting this show. So I wanted to remind you that I am looking for feedback on this podcast and if you are a long term listener, then I would love to hear what you have to think and say about the show. Uh, It means that I can filter out some of the comments that I'm getting uh, from people who are only discovering my show right now. So if you do want to leave feedback, just go to theappguy.co forward slash survey. That's theappguy.co forward slash survey, all lowercase, And uh, go and just complete it. It's not very long. Uh, There's no incentive for you to complete it other than really helping me and helping give back and and shape your show uh, because this is what I do for you. And uh, I am so keen to just hear what you think and get uh, feedback. I've actually had uh, people complete the survey and point out a favorite episode and managed to get the guests and them connected. So uh, no promises on that. But uh, if you do complete it, then uh, obviously it's helping shape your show.